Hello, everybody, and welcome back to PodCanna episode 24. This week, we are joined by Moyen, actually permanently. Moyen is going to be a new host on the podcast. If you don't know who Moyen is, Moyen is one of the best card game players I know, probably one of the best card game players in Lorcana. Currently ranked in Grandmaster, was up there at rank three, rank five, I think at some point. Um, and just an overall fantastic player, very articulate. I mean, I've been speaking to Moyen about card games since Marvel Snap, Flesh and Blood, um, big One Piece player, just, I don't know. You can hear it in my voice. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of this guy, so really happy to have him on the podcast with us. And yeah, I mean, I think he's going to bring a good competitive angle uh, to the pod. So just want to officially welcome you, Moyen, and thank you for coming on. I, th- I think I've done so many guest appearances. It's it's kind of <laughs> silly to keep calling me guests. So. And I, I've been having so much fun doing them that I think it's a, it's a good time to just join permanently. Yeah, I'm I'm super interested as well with the th- with the three person dynamic. I think it will be I think it'll be great because usually my favorite episodes in, in in any podcast are with guests are in that th- sort of three person dynamic. I think it adds a lot of depth. So so I'm excited. Anyway, I want to hit it off hot this week. We had a lot of comments on last week's YouTube video, um, which by the way, we want to tell you all, we really appreciate that. And I reply to all of them or read them out on the podcast as well. So if you want to get yours read out, shoot us a comment on YouTube. Um, but to start off, we have Nico Ram. They say, hi guys. First of all, I want to say, keep up the good work. I just love the podcast and the in-depth analysis of cards, decks. So thank you. As I agree on mo- with what most of you guys say, the take on Bippity Boppity Boo had me mind blown and mind blown and falling out of my chair. Saying BBB is a bad card is a hot take. As mentioned below, admit it's a combo piece, but what a piece. In Emerald Steel, you can have lethal combos. When the new beast is on board, quest beast, shift tank, and damage. Ready and Quest Beast. Uh, no, I might be overwhelming you more with a bunch of cards, but we'll get to them. Uh, we'll review all these cards, by the way. And he says, uh-huh. then sing Bibbidi Boppity Boo. It can be this, it, it can be the same big tank and the small tank can serve as ink, do damage again, ready beast, quest, attack, and do damage, ready beast, and quest again, follow it up with fire the cannons. Oh my <laughs> then god. You now uh, can play with the one extra ink, ready beast, quest again. This is a 10 lore gain and probably a board wipe combo, all made possible with one card, aka, AKA BBB, an emerald slash amber, shift rockstar stitch, sing BBB, play Mickey friendly face, the new Mickey, I think, quest for three. Pay three less for the next character you play this turn. Just some examples. So I replied to this, uh, I replied to this comment. And oh, let's just let's just talk about Booty Bop for you. If you if you forgot what this card does, so this card is a three cost. And um, if you're listening on pod platforms on YouTube, we actually have the card image just popped up, so it might be easier to follow. Bibbidi Bobbity Boo is an emerald card, it's an action song, it costs three, cannot be inked, and it says um, return chosen character of yours. To your hand, uh, to play another character with the same cost, uh, the same cost or less for free. And this can be sung by a character with three or less, any songs, you know, extra or less, uh, whatever their cost is. So there's a little bit of a confusion we had with Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, but I believe you can replay the same card you bounce because it says return a chosen character, then play another character with the same cost from your hand. I don't know when this game actually checks like your hand. Uh, and if, you know, it's recognizing the card you bounce as the same card because they're different play areas. But we'll kind of assume you can. It doesn't really change our evaluation of the card. I would say even if we evaluate it the better way, uh, we're probably still going to have our doubts about this card. Um, but I'm going to pass over to more and call real quick. But we'll, basically what I wrote back on, on YouTube is that it's not that this card is bad. It's just that this card is not a high value card inherently right so it, there's a huge deck building cost of playing three cost on inkables in your deck um and this card is absolutely not a one card combo it's a, it's a two card combo 
no no questions about that you're going to need other things in hand other things on board it is a context-based card um so the inherent value of it is pretty low but if we evaluate it in context we can go farther with that so let's talk about some of the the more powerful things you could do with a two-card combo so say you bounce back a maleficent uh monstrous dragon the nine cost uh you bounce that back and you're able to play it back from hand if that's how this card works you would effectively still just be playing dragon fire but for three which is good cheating to ink is fantastic it's really good but i that's for me that's like a ceiling when we start talking about two three card combos plus there's contextual things happening on board this for me is just a little bit too much magical christmas land could it be good yes it could but it's very specific it is relatively narrow and this card by itself is a very risky card to have in your deck. I mean, if you're playing an Emerald deck, <clears throat> maybe you're playing it with Amethyst, but we pretty quickly you're going to be in top deck mode. Uh, you won't have a ton of card draw. And the last thing you want is on turn seven, turn eight to rip a bippity boppity boo off the top of your deck potentially. So um, I just want to reiterate, we don't think this card is necessarily bad. We just think it's very context dependent, right? It's probably good in a specific combo, but by itself... Um, I'm just not super excited excited for it, uh, sort of in a vacuum, if that makes sense. Pass over to you guys. Mm. So I, I'm, I didn't quite get all the all these crazy combos that we can <laughs> that we can There's do a with lot. it. Yeah. Um, re regardless, my my comment on it would be: uh, there's cards that are like this, uh, that are like have a certain power level every time you draw them, and the range is very small in them. And then this card would be. A lot of the time it would be quite bad, and some of the time it would be maybe a bit better than other cards. But is that uh, enough to justify how how bad it can be in a lot of circumstances? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a there's a concept of evaluating cards on based off their ceilings, their deltas, or their averages, or their floors. Um, most of the sort of some of the evaluations we get uh, as feedback are definitely hyper-focusing <laughs> hyper on the ceiling. The thing is, is that usually you don't want to evaluate cards by that. Ceilings are great, but I think that the first thing I look for when I look at a new card is what is the floor? What is the worst case? What is this card usually doing? You know, what is what are the bad case scenarios? What if the board is not going my way? What if I'm behind? What if I'm ahead? What does this card do? And if the answer is nothing, usually that card, <clears throat> you know, the risk of actually putting in my deck goes up drastically. And even at, even on average, right? Like I talked about, if we're bouncing one of the most powerful ETB into the battlefield effects of game, which is uh, Maleficent Monsters Dragon, and then we're, we're reflickering it back into uh, into play. You have to understand the Bippity Boppity Boo itself costs a card, and it costs three resources. It costs an uninkable card. So in that scenario, which you're flickering a nine drop that kills something, you're just playing Dragonfire, but for three. Which but, but don't forget, we might have a three drop on board as well, and then we can sing it. Yeah, we can sing it's uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so again, let's add another, we add another layer to like, there's like another thing that needs to be going correct. And it's just, um, it's a lot of hoops. And I think that that's where, that's where a lot of the traps in, in evaluating cards can come is when you start adding, like, as soon as you talk about three cards, uh, to pull off a combo, or you talk about three different individual things, this card plus that card plus this thing on board, <clears throat> like that's, that's a lot to ask. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's a lot to ask. Uh, call it. I just want to. I just want to give you a chance to to give your thoughts as well. Yeah, I mean, just one of the combos that was pointed out there. I don't quite understand where, like, so when we see it says a uh, in Emerald Amber shift Rockstar Stitch, sing Bibby Bobby Boo, play Mickey Friendly Face, quest for three, and pay three less for the next character you play this turn. 
But if you do bibbly bobbly boo, like you, you can't just instantly quest no. with your card as it comes into play, right? You can't. You can't do that. Yeah, I still assume there's summoning sickness. There's, yeah, there's nothing there, sh there should there it. should still be. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't say uh, to play another ready character, character it can, it can or, or like ready attack and quest this time. Yeah, it doesn't say ready in it. So like, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I agree with what you said, Brandon. I think that there will be there will be combos with it, and it could potentially be good. Yeah, but uh, it's something I picked up as well that it is very important to start evaluating as we're seeing all of these cards come out. You should really be looking at the floor. A lot of people tend to get excited and see like, oh, this crazy combo can do this, this, this. But it's so situational and so contextual. So overall, I'm still intrigued and excited to play with the card. But um, yeah, I think I think it's just quite slow in what it actually does as well, right? I feel like there's going to yeah. be a lot more fa like faster things that are going to be coming with this set. Yeah, I feel like though <laughs> some of the most unfair things you're doing, at least when you're combining this as one other card, is like you might be cheating like two resources effectively. Because I think a lot of people look at Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo and they think about the effect, but then they sort of forget that it also costs a card, it also costs three resources, and it also is an uninkable card in your deck. Like those are all costs that you're paying regardless of the effect you're getting. So that that is significant. Um, I did so I did write out a pretty lengthy reply. Uh, to Nico and I asked you know for a deck list because I want to I want to give a shot. They said I tested the deck with the available cards on Pixaborn. Deck is late is is deck is a late game deck and is too slow for the current meta. Aggro kills it before it pops. When it pops, it's unstoppable. Unstoppable. Unstoppable though. Sorry, there are cards that synergize that are not available on Pixaborn yet though. So pack tactics, for example. Also, discard decks are faster and more fun. Yeah, I mean Emerald is packed with discard. I got to, yeah, I I agree with that. I got yeah, to enjoy sure. that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we appreciate the comment, Nico. Um, and yeah, if you want to get yours right out, give us uh, shoot us something on YouTube here. The next one is from Christopher X Gordon. I said, if you guys haven't seen the prototype for the Emerald Steel discard combo deck, you need to look it up. Right now, the deck is a rough draft and kind of a one trick pony, but when it works, it's insane. You play Bell on five, then follow up with long with John Silver, a John Silver type effect to force your opponent to challenge, then sing a whole new world with Bell and draw a fresh hand. If your opponent doesn't draw the answer to Bell, they are forced to challenge it. <coughs> And discard their entire hand and uh while you have a fresh seven with the true drop guy that lets you draw extra cards for each uh card the opponent discards the strategy gets insane yes it's a three card combo so they acknowledge that at minimal that is weak that is weak to removal but if you land it the game is virtually unwinnable for your opponent there are some interesting videos showcasing the deck floating around online so Dude, there's a combo there that I didn't exactly think about, which is actually John Silver with Bell. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. It's a really good combo. Yeah. It is. It works really well because, like, I know we actually played a few test games on Pixelborn Brendan, and uh, I was playing an Amber Emerald deck. I was running kind of the Bell package. I was actually actually doing uh, just in time into Bell, which was definitely a bit memey. Uh, and it pretty much did mean that I mean, you just never hit into the Bell, or you have to have the answer for it, right? Mm. But combining it with an effect. With uh, like reckless that John Silver can give, I think that's like like having to force your opponent to essentially discard their hand. It's a good feeling. It's definitely a good feeling. So I think that's a a two card card combo. At least I think you'll see pretty often. And if you can get the whole new world off as well, it could be interesting. But I don't know. Again, I, I do think people looked at Bell and instantly went, "Oh my god, this card's insane!" But yeah. like at the end of the day, if there's no reckless or whatever. You just don't have to, not that you don't have to touch it, but you have to have removal, right? If you have like a smash or dragonfire, if not, it will just keep questing for three. But 
yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting. It's, um, Bell is an interesting card. We get to, well, we'll get into that. Basically, we played with some decks on Pixable, and so we got to play some of the new cards. Bell is annoying, but it's not crazy uh, at mm. all. And I thought, I, I think that people before playing with the card thought it was absolutely insane. If you shift Bell, or if you just in time Bell, and somebody dragon fires you, you got owned. But if somebody smashes you, you got like mega owned. Like like the amount of value in terms of cards and resources that you lost in that exchange is absolute is just a lot. Um, mm. It could be a meta call, right? Like maybe Steel is just a bit more favored in Emerald. They kind of always have been. Uh, but yeah, Bell is, I think it's a good card. I think it'll be played in Emerald. And But even, even so I was playing Ruby Amethyst Control and we were using it as sort of a litmus test deck. So we were, didn't change much. We added like Mana Mim and the new Merlin that draws two cards effectively. So it's basically the same deck list, which is a deck list that should get wrecked by Bell. And even on the draw, so it means I'm whole turn behind where I want to be in terms of getting my removal. Kala was just in timing Bell uh, on turn three. And I was still like, okay, I just have to get, you know, he's going to get <clears throat> four or more lore out of this and I'm just going to dragon fire it, which is a good mm-hmm. good exchange for you to an extent. You technically did just in time it. So <clears throat> I still kind of get a better value on that trade. But because of the amount of quest you got, uh, it, just seem, it just seems fine um, overall. I want to get your thoughts, uh, Moyen, on this combo. I know we're talking about maybe some cards you haven't had a chance to touch or think about too much, but what just, um, or maybe you could also hit on where you think Emerald is in this set, because I know we were talking before last time you're on. It just looks ridiculous. Um, so for that, I, I think we can do that evaluation later mm-hmm. when we've seen more cards, but mm-hmm. I think this combo is uh, that we're talking about isn't all that potent, but the the best thing about it is that every single um, piece is also decent on their own. So which which really makes a good combo. So the even if you have the bell without any of the other stuff, it it might be totally fine. The John Silver might be a little bit. What's it called, John? John Silver, yeah. Yeah, John Silver. Um, might be a little bit below card quality average, maybe slightly bit on its own, but uh, it's still a fine card. And then. I don't think we. I think this two card combo is basically enough to be very strong. Even if your opponent doesn't have all that big of a hand, if he has to go down to zero cards, that's still huge. Even if you don't have an, an entire hand, and then uh, the a whole new world is just a little bit of the cherry on top, which I don't really think is is necessary. If it's good in the deck, sure, play it. But I wouldn't go out of my way to play it just to have it for this combo because it's at the same time. Um, it makes the combo better if it happens, but also makes it more likely that if your opponent plays removal in the deck, that they actually do get the removal um, so yeah, that exactly. they don't have to trade into it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. The last one here is from uh, Roro Bear. Uh, they say, from a, st- from a strictly practical sam- uh, practical standpoint, I hate sideboarding. I hate having to pull cards out of my uh, pull cards and put card- pull cards out of my deck and put them back in, uh, and then after the game, pull those cards out again and return them back to the deck, uh, the normal ones back to the deck. I had a long tiring. T- I've had long tiring tournaments where I've forgotten to reset the deck, started a game with too many or too few cards, and I just hated lol. But that's personal preference, and this is why I picked this comment. I see inking as an in-game. I see inking as in-game sideboarding, and I find it. I find it extremely fun and elegant. And rewarding. Of course, not every tech card can be inked, but the fact that you don't have to play every card um, in your deck since you can ink something solves that problem. So we were talking about sideboarding a little bit last episode, Moyen, and talking about it. Mm-hmm. maybe it would be added in at a later time. And I thought that this response from Mario was uh, it was just it was a really good response because I hadn't really thought about inking like that. And then the more I considered it, 
it actually makes a lot of sense because you do have cards that are much more powerful in some matchups rather than others. But the difference about Larkana is you can turn those cards into resources. So I, I just want to get y'all's thoughts on on sideboarding once again, because we did talk about it last week, but also in the context of this idea that inking is sort of a derivative of sideboarding. Mm. So in general, I, I, I never really loved the gameplay experience of tech cards, so I don't necessarily like uh, sideboarding, but I uh, this, this mechanic of inkable cards being good in some matchups versus in others makes it so that uh, you get less punished for trying to play these cards in your deck that don't go just for your own game plan, but actually try to interact with your opponent. And I, I think that's that's very interesting. And uh, it might mean that sideboarding is not necessary because uh, if, if there's enough inkable cards to uh, hatch for certain matchups, that might just be enough to uh, reward good deck building, uh, adjusting for just the decks that you expect to be facing. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because <laughs> I think I primarily come from card games that have sideboarding or preboarding in them, and Moyen is a is quite a good Hearthstone player, which is a game that that doesn't have that, so it's more sort of analog yeah. to, to the, the one time we had sideboarding in Hearthstone. It was the most hated format format in the entire game. It was even tournament format. It was specialist where you had um, how was it? You had, didn't have a sideboard, but you had uh, you were you had to submit three decks. And each version of those decks must only be it must be uh, up to five cards different than the other version. And then you have to play the first version, game one, and then you can switch to a different version. There was just five completely dumb tech cards that are like completely swinging the matchup if you do draw them in the right time. Like uh, let's say a weapon destruction card. Like in in Hearthstone at least uh, those game those. Uh, that just made the gameplay experience worse than if you just had to play your normal decks against against each other. If it became more about did you draw tech card X until turn X? Yeah, I actually got to see a tournament. Uh, I saw coverage of a tournament that ran that format, and I think that yeah, uh, yeah Conquest is infinitely better. Curstone's in an interesting spot because they have uh, the multi classes and card availability is better than a physical trading card game for the most part. So people can field multiple decks in something like Conquest because like Flesh and Blood is a hero based game as well. But to, if you ask someone to show up with three heroes or five heroes, it would be like the most ridiculous idea <laughs> <laughs> because these are physical cards, right? So cards that exist in both decks, you'd have to actually be swapping them out so mm-hmm. um, i do love conquest but it, it doesn't really have a good paper analog uh, unfortunately anyway uh we're gonna head into some headlines before we get into spoilers i'm particularly excited for spoilers because we've got more in here um first off i want to start off with just the current state of the pixelborn ladder definitely ramping down you know people are really excited for set two probably experimenting with new cards um i did mess around a bit on the actual ladder so playing just the normal ladder um i sp- I don't know. My takeaway is that there's an absolute ridiculous amount of aggro. I played aggro almost every game, uh, to be honest. And because of that, Ruby Amethyst definitely felt very middling. Uh, because I feel like Ruby Amethyst against a lot of these green decks, like play draw is not, play draw doesn't determine whether you win the game, but it's very, it's much, much nicer to be on the play than it is to be on the draw. Um, and it, there's another great deck that you could just, that you could play, which is Wheel Steel, or honestly, mid range, mid range Amber Steel is even better because you don't want to be wheeling against aggro decks anyway, um, or casting a whole new world. That's what wheeling means. Um, so yeah, current state of ladder, a lot of aggro. I'm sure people are, you know, not engaging with it as much because it is the end of the season. And I think if you want to have success, 
because there's so little Ruby Amethyst and control decks on the on the ladder, I think you might as well just play the OG, like the old school Amber Steel mid-range list, to be honest, which I think are terrible into Ruby Amethyst, but I didn't encounter one over quite a few games, which I thought was funny. All right. Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, so like I said, Kawa and I got a chance to play with some of the new cards, so we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Um, I was playing the 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 sort of like the test deck. I ever but Kyle was Kyle was playing new fun decks. I was playing the boring old deck. So I uh, I played Ruby our Ruby Amethyst list, which is on YouTube if you want to check it out with the evasives. And I swapped out some cards in order to get Mata Mimin, which is a ridiculous card. It is the three cost four three that has rush. We have to bounce something back. And I got the Merlin four cost uninkable, which draws a card when it enters play and when it leaves play. So effectively draws two cards. Very much the same deck. Um, I just want to say yeah, kind of what we already see at the top, which is Kyle did test uh shifting bell and this like just in time cheese and it did not feel as powerful as i thought it would be against control because i thought bell was like very very hard for control to beat when i first saw it um but honestly bell quest for so little that if you have any sort of board presence before then you're able to clear out threats um you kind of just dragon fire the bell on five and it's still okay kuzco later even though Kuz- i don't know how many uninkables they could play but if they were still playing kuzco's later after reaching a critical maximum uh or minimum of lore like 12 or 15 yeah it would still be pretty tough but it felt reasonable from the control aspects what i want to say um also i think against any just-in-time deck i don't know it's hard to be on the draw sometimes <laughs> as ruby amethyst is hard because when they when they when they um cast just in time on three and then you're you're a whole turn behind on dragon firing that big threat it can be tough um but that was sort of our take uh Kawa, any other decks that you tried or that you were sort of playing or playing around with uh there was one other one but i i do want to just mention just another point about that bell is like, like you said like obviously if you have the removal on turn five it's really good but even after i kind of just in timed and stuff like that there's there were still a lot of cards in the ruby amethyst list that can easily deal like once i once i quest that bell I mean, you've got Rafiki, you've got the new Madame Mim, that mm-hmm. if you have to get rid of it, you can get rid of it. You've got Gaston, if Gaston's still on board. So, yeah, I, I do think if you can combine Reckless with it somehow, it would be, like, super good. But for the most part, you do get value out of playing the Bell, but the deck still has a lot of answers to it. Way more answers than I initially thought as well. Um, but yeah, the, the other deck I played was um, Sapphire Ruby, which is interesting. I was trying to mess around with, like, the uh, the small Cogsworth shifting into... The bigger one, uh, giving everything kind of resist and stuff like that. You know, uh, fortunately for Brendan, Ruby Alice doesn't really care about resist. <laughs> doesn't really deal damage too much. I mean, if, if there was trades, it did actually matter. But for the most part, it was just like, oh, I shift my two drop, uh, my, my two drop Gaston. I play the, the big six drop Gaston onto it and there's Dragonfire. I'm like, well, I just, <laughs> I mean, what was, the, what was the point of that, right? So, but the one thing I will say is that deck, Sapphire now in particular, in combination with Ruby, does have access to more uh, draw cards through by the means of Gaston and a few other cards that we're probably going to be checking out today, actually. Yeah. It's actually really funny that you mentioned Ruby card draw, because I can't... Dinner, Dinner Bell is a card that I think either you, I, and Spessy talked about, or you, I, and Moyen mm. talked about. And we really dunked on that card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I constantly see constantly see on my feed people talking up dinner bell and talking about all the cards they're going to draw at dinner bell there's definitely been more support that's been printed i'll give you that yeah there is more support yeah. but uh 
it's still not great to banish your own character on conditional damage counters and try to draw cards. I mean, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby doesn't have any card draw, so if, maybe it's good enough because of that. But um, yeah, the cards that people are excited about, some of the cards that people are excited about uh, have been questionable for me. Like the main one is Zero to Hero. Zero to Hero. Okay, it's 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 hard to. I will I I will die on the hill that Zero to Hero is a bad card, but but. It happens in card games that there could be a specific combination of cards that exists with Zero to Hero that is just degenerate and broken. That is so unlikely, <laughs> but it's possible. And you can all laugh at me if that happens, but ultimately Zero to Hero is uh, it's not a good card. But all, all the new builds I see on Twitter are like, oh, this broken Zero, I can't wait to brew Zero to Hero, this broken Zero to Hero deck. And I'm just, that that card is definitely magical Christmas land. Um, Moyen for you, Oh, if you have something to say. I just wanted to say, like, let's say in one year, we are after multiple sets, there's suddenly a tier three deck that plays this card. If anyone comments, oh, I told you so, then we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, they can they oh, can have that not, one. Not dealing with yeah, that. They yeah, they they, they that. earned it. Um, I just want to say for for you, Moin, because you and I were talking about these cards in particular, uh, Mana Mim. And Mono Mim we knew is going to be powerful. So the reason why Mono Mim is powerful is because the fourth year is Rush. But it has the downside. You got to bounce something back. Well, I was playing seven one drops in my deck, um, seven inkable one drops. Mm-hmm. And basically, I would just I would just curve out my one drop every single time, Mono Mim it back. So I would be able to play on the play. I can play that one drop, which Ruby Amethyst, by the way, that 90% of the time, that's an incorrect decision. You don't play your one drop. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a land or it's an ink. You should be inking that card, but uh, you can play it out and you can have insurance against like a turn, turn one Lilo from your opponent on the draw. Um, which is great, but then when you play down Monomim, you bounce it back and you turn to land. It's not, it, there is a tempo loss there, but Monomim is very, very, very powerful. Um, it seems like a, something that Ruby Amethyst, or at least Control, kind of needed to keep up with some of these aggro decks that are putting down absolutely ridiculous things. The other card is particularly inter- interesting to me is Merlin. So Merlin is the 2-3-4 cost uninkable uh, that quests for one, but it says when you play this character and when he leaves play, you may draw a card. So this is very often draw two cards. It is very understated. I would say this card felt good it felt good i don't know i was pretty i was pretty uh this card to me is pretty questionable because if you look at the current state of ruby amethyst it can't really add many more uninkables like it, it can't it's it i mean maybe if there's a different deck building philosophy but in our in our theory which is around 20 mm-hmm. to 21 which is backed up by the hypergeometric math we can't add much more this card as an uninkable felt pretty good in the deck to be honest um yeah so basically because i think we're both very very uh in love with current version of, <laughs> of Ruby Amethyst, so I think it's very easy to talk about that. I so th- I think that card looks good to me. Also, I would add maybe uh so a big upside of Madame Mim is maybe you don't have to play as many Rafikis because this can deal with the issue while being inkable. So that makes your deck uh, better and reduces the the amount of uninkables you have to play. And you also wait. Yeah, you also talked about the four-cost Merlin, right? Yes, Last the four-cost. Yeah, 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 I think that card's pretty good too, because it's it's not the card that's um. It's not you play this card and it's stronger than what it's not necessarily stronger what your than what your opponent does, but it's if your opponent tries to just like either remove this uh, uh or somehow deal with it, then they can never do it efficiently because even if they so. You always get lore out of this card. You you get one when you play it. You get one when it leaves. And if if it does, if they don't remove it, you also at least uh, threaten one. I think we're looking at different be... Merlins. To be fair, there's two Merlins. I think you're looking at the goat. I was looking at the rabbit. Yeah. 
I was looking. Yeah, I, I know, but okay, like, okay. but like the rabbit, the rabbit is the uninkable that I that, that I think is good because now we have less uh, mm. uninkables. But I think the focus Merlon uh, that is inkable is also also really important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, four three is a decent is a decent body in terms of stat line. You think yeah, about- it still requires something to get something to get removed, and it's just it's so so much chip lore, which for a lot of other decks wouldn't matter as much, but. Uh, but for this deck, this this will really add up over time. Yeah, it's interesting, Moyen, because um, actually, Rise of the Floodborne. I'm not sure how many spoilers you've seen, but it it, it totally changes the dynamic of how Larkana plays right now. So currently, there's only one card that can help your opponent win off of uh, or like gain lore that isn't currently represented on board. That card is Eye of the Fates. They can also shift, but that is something that you can kind of kind of see. Or Aladdin, if yeah. it has wash. Yeah, so like most of these things, you can kind of anticipate. They're very, they're very much uh, like they're kind of telegraphed. Rise of the Floodborne mm-hmm. totally changes it, where people will be gaining lore based off unknown information. So based off cards mm-hmm. that exist in hand, and you actually won't be able to like for in ninety to ninety five percent of the scenarios, you can just see the lore your opponent's going to get. That is absolutely no longer the case. Like uh, Rise of the Floodborne completely changes that dynamic, which is which is super interesting. Awesome. Well, let's get into the spoilers. Let's do it. So we have. Um, I don't know if we're gonna skip the French spoilers. We've got some in French, and uh, I have I have the translations. Okay, if you great. Want. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I thought we we're gonna have to rely on more, rely on Moyen's French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, yeah. Since we got the three person dynamic, I guess I'll just I'll just read them all off so we don't have to. Uh, trying cool. to toss it up. So the first one is Grand Pabby, oldest and wisest. It's a sapphire card. It's a 3-6. It costs 7. Is uninkable. Storyborn Mentor. Quest for 3. And it says Ancient Insight. Whenever you remove one or more damage from one of your characters, gain 2 lore. Your thoughts? Good card. Good, good card. Good I, think, card. I, think we, I, think, I think we talked about it. I know you might not be as high on this card, but there's there's some cards now that i think if you compare i i compared it to just stat wise or whatever mm-hmm. i compared it to say hades hades is very good because it does remove one of your opponent's cards essentially uh it is a three six only quest for two this quest for three but there are some cards from set one even that may be decent in coming into set two for example i mean the most basic example i could say is uh dingle hopper right like that's the one cost item mm-hmm. that you just tap it and it's just it's just one so that could just be too lore but there is a bit of aoe healing and stuff like that and i think there's again i'm kind of diving deep i should be just looking at the card as it is but like with with some support with some support i think even getting two lore possibly getting four lore out of this when you can apply is it it's 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 pretty powerful i think you can get a lot of lore pretty fast but let me know your thoughts well and i want to let you know before i pass over to you that uh we so we are evaluating the spoilers right now mostly card to card Mm. because it's it's hard but next week so the the eve of the release we're going to do a full set review and we're going to be evaluating cards in the context of the entire set because you know a lot of these cards like grand pabby is one of them there is context here. Like, you, is there more cards that facilitate you actually pulling off um, the beneficial effect here? Is there a removal that deals with this? Uh, and Rise of the Flood Boy makes it easier, etc. Um, what I have one question before I pass it to Moyen is: If you heal something with Rapunzel and has three damage counters, are those damage counters removed individually, or it, uh, it, it, the way it reads, it looks like it's at one instance, right? Because remove one yeah. or more. Yeah, yeah it's, it's one instance. Okay. Yeah, it's one instance. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Over to you, Moyen. Um. Yeah, I'm not so I like like the cards alright, but 
I think uh, seven cost uninkable needs to be very good a lot of the time uh, for me to really want to play that card. So from first impression is like um, this can make uh, an already is a good greedy card in an already greedy color. So you would maybe want to play this in a in a sapphire deck where uh, you need a little bit more instantaneous ways to get instantaneous lore against uh, slower control decks. Sure. I, I don't really think it needs it. There was there was there was one but I remember there being a blue uh, I think AoE heal card that I liked from first set. Can you help me out? What was it? From the blue AoE heal. Oh is that you might be thinking of Magic Golden Flower. That's the only thing I can think that heals no, 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 wasn't there wasn't there a character that healed? Oh Jasmine, yeah Jasmine yeah. heals. Yes, yes. Right, yeah. Yeah that's true actually. And that card is let, let that card is card. playable. That card has competitive yeah. body yeah. as well. Because in when I when I tested blue decks in set one, I really liked Jasmine. Um, mm -hmm. So that was the first thing that came to mind. So, yeah, it's also um, a floodborne, I think. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Um, place, just maybe move up to two damage. Yeah, so I think that's the best synergy that I can think of. And but in, in general, I I think uh, what this card can do is, will only be good. Uh, in very certain matchups, so it's, sure. it's more of a tech. Mm -hmm. Sure, maybe. Yeah, I think that Hades is like the Hades effect is just so it's just so good on its own. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's the thing is the Hades effect is like so universally good. Yeah, it's it's it, there doesn't the conditions very easy to meet where mm -hmm. Hades is good. The yeah. condition for this you have to build your deck around, and then is it, it might not be as strong as being able to instantly remove something. And we can look at Ursula as well, which is a seven cost inkable in a different color, which is amethyst. But like Ursula gets all of its value just immediately, right? It comes down, it makes your opponent lose the lore, it draws a card, and it's just like two eight the quest for three. Um, obviously, the power levels are differing in terms of colors, but this is just again, Grand Pabby is a card where it's like, yeah, you could lose this card. Your opponent could have a deck that's built around it. This is this is probably a card that needs a deck built around it. Uh, but this card is it's contextual. You're jumping through hoops for power where it's like you, you know, in other colors and probably in Sapphire as well, there are cards that are just good on their own where you're not jumping through hoops. And that's like one of my biggest heuristics for card games and card power is like when a card is like, do this, 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 and this, it's like, mm, you should probably just be doing the ones that's like, oh, it just hits the board and like absolutely, it's just immediately powerful things like Ursula. Um, so that's my thought on Grand Pabby. Do you want to read out Lucifer for us, uh, Kyle, since yeah, it's yeah. in French for me? So Lucifer is a five cost uninkable emerald card. Uh, he is 2-2. Two, two. This is a rare. Uh, quests for two. It reads, Mouse Hunter, when you play this character, each opponent chooses and discards two cards or one action card. So either they, they discard two cards in their hand or an action card. Uh, it seems pretty bad. To when this when this quest, uh, when you play this character, when you play this character on five, so you can just in time this, and it effectively has almost has you have forgotten me printed on it as well. It is a very bad stat, badly statted body quest for two, which yeah, is yeah uninkable too, which is which is tough always. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's it's that good, but we have seen you forgot me have a lot. Of, I mean, okay, would you play this card in so far what we've seen out of the discard emerald stuff? Like, would you slot this in? I don't think so. I think there's probably better cards, but it is active. Like, I play this, you discard stuff. But I'm pretty sure there's other cards like that with an emerald already. 
Yeah, it's tough because it's uninkable and in the aggro mirror by turn five, your opponent often can often have one card in hand, um, mm. which lowers the value of this card significantly. Uh, obviously, it's better against control, but because it's an uninkable, you don't have the luxury of being able to ink it into matchups where it's not as powerful. Uh, I just look at other five cost cards in Emerald, like Kuchko, like Bell, mm. which have different functions, but I think are just actually more powerful uh, on average. What do you think, Moin? Mm. I actually kind of like this card. I think it's pretty good. And I disagree with some of the points. Basically, uh, let's say, I don't think this necessarily, this doesn't have to be an aggro card. This is more of like a, uh out-resource card. It's like, mm -hmm. it's a it's a mid-range threat that also is hard to efficiently deal with because you already lost a card when when this entered play. Um, so what I wanted to mention is the, the card draw, this card uh, effect itself. Uh, of course, maybe it, it can... Okay, you can never make your opponent discard two if they only have one card. Um, but at least they have to discard this one card, so that's a little bit of an upside. They might have to discard something that I don't want if they have less cards. Also, if they have, like, let's say, two, three cards in hand, this card actually gets a lot better because then it's less likely they have an action to prevent them from discarding two cards. While if you're playing against a control deck with lots of cards in hand, it's more likely they might have an action and they don't have to discard two cards. Um, and in general, I think that... So 2-2 two, two is understated for a 5-drop, for sure. But I think for this effect, 2-2 two, two and quest 2 is actually quite good. So uh, comparing this with... Okay, if, if you if you look at this, this 2-2 two, two quest for 2 is still a threat, right? Mm -hmm. um, we can agree on that. And also, it's not a threat that's easy to remove before it quested once. So it's very... It's not easy to prevent this from questing once. Uh, so what I'm getting at is that if you compare this to something like um, You Have Forgotten Me, mm -hmm. you could also kind of look at it in a similar light as it's uh, also generating card advantage as it makes them lose a card and then it is still on board. So I think that can be very strong so because You Have Forgotten Me is also generate generating card advantage, but this card is generating... Oh, so, okay, it's, it's uninkable. And it's uh, five cost, so yes, it's more expensive. But this card is generating card advantage um, while still impacting the board. Yeah. So I think I think this card's pretty good. I like it. It's funny because like that's how you know Moyen has good card fundamentals because this card is just a two for one. And I think they added the action clause because it was too. It's too powerful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, if this well, if this just said this card too, then it would yeah, be it would actually just. But be I think too it's powerful. still pretty good. It's a. Uh, it's like an, an. It's almost an inherent two for one that leaves behind a body. We're so like uh, you have forgotten me as a two for one card, and it's very powerful. Uh, but it can be inked as well. This card it leaves behind the two two the quest for two. I think that questing for two is actually a lot. Uh, so I think you're right there. I'd rather take the quest for two than this be like a three, three, the quest for one potentially. It depends on my role in the matchup, but questing for two is quite a lot. So, um, you sold me. I think this card is better than I gave it credit for. It is just an inherent two for one. All right. I, yeah, and also, I think in general, when I do card reviews in my card game career, mm -hmm. I've usually rated a lot of cards very low, but I think that I think this card's pretty good. Mm -hmm. All right, the next one is vanilla. It's a uh, Lumiere. Is that how you say it? Lumiere? Lumiere. Lumiere. Yeah, yeah, so Lumiere. This is a ruby card. 7-7. Seven, seven, cost 7. Can be inked. And quests for 2. Um, yeah, so it's vanilla, so there's no text. These cards... Uh, vanilla cards are actually like fine in Larkana as you go down on the curve. So there's one that's particularly good, which is Cerberus. Mm -hmm. um, because of how annoying it can be. It was in the past for other 
um, steal Amber decks to deal with that because they didn't have the access to six attack, but obviously it's cleared by things like Rafiki. So there's like critical breakpoints um, in Larkana. De- seven is definitely one of them. Like not a lot of things do seven damage. They either do five or six uh, and seven gets above that. That being said, I don't think that you can cast vanilla creatures at this cost. Like I think you can play them at lower curves, but maybe not at seven. Like seven, we're talking, you know, we're talking Ursula, we're talking Aladdin. Like there are better cards you can be playing. Is this also a rare? This is a vanilla rare. Yeah, it's a rare. Interesting. It's a rare, yeah. Hmm. It's the same as Maui. Maui's a vanilla rare. The big eight drop. Oh, it has Rush. It's one? not vanilla. Right? No, no, no. This, this is steel. Oh, that's a bit with the gut. unplayable oh, yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This, this is similar to that Maui. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's unplayable. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think I I agree. It's like, so the the vanillas that are lower cost, they, are, they aren't just, they don't cost X and have XX deadline quest too. They, I think they have, for example, Servos has one more HP. Or a lot of very cheap vanillas have a yeah. little bit more stats than just what they cost. And I think it would need to be the other way around balance-wise. So if a card's very expensive and it's a vanilla card, it actually should be it should be very stat-efficient mm-hmm. uh, to make up for it being an expensive card that doesn't immediately impact anything. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't like this card. All right, the next card is my favorite card in the entire set. <laughs> it's called Chip the Teacup, Gentle Soul. It's a, in Amethyst. It's a 2-2, two, two, one cost, can be inked, storyborn, ally, cost for one. So I'm not sure if the owl is also a storyboard ally, but what I will say is I'm very happy that I have options to play for my one drop tutus. That's awesome. <laughs> I can go with the cute cup art rather than having the owls. That's dope. And I don't have to, I don't have to play Sergeant Tibbs anymore. I can have full amethyst. Um, you know, these yeah. things are actually, these things could be, they maybe are relevant now, could be relevant in the future. Like you, if you were playing seven one drops or eight one drops, it'd, it'd be, actually just correct to play the all amethyst rather than amethyst and ruby because you'd be giving your opponent more information when you have the split potentially and usually that's a downside so there is some strategic advantage to this where in in terms of the game but it is cool to have basically alternate art for a one one cost two two Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, maybe there's story bond synergy that i don't know of yeah that 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 one's like a harder one to evaluate just right off the bat but i'll go on to the next one Next one is a is Cruella Deville, a fashionable cruiser. This is in Sapphire. It's a three two cost two can be inked Dreamborn villain quest for one and says now get going during your turn. This character gains evasive. So Moin, as we progress through these cards, um, I just want you to keep in mind. I have a theory. I have a theory mm-hmm. that uh, internally in their testing team, they knew evasives were they figured <laughs> <laughs> they figured out evasives were broken. Uh, because in set two, which was developed before set one was released to the public, there are so many freaking things in so many colors that have evasive, like tons, tons mm-hmm. of them. So that's uh, that's my theory. It's a bit of a self-indulgent theory, but that's my theory. Anyway, Krill Deville, um, I think this card is fine. I mean, the fact that having evasive on your turn is good. It is. If you're especially this thing clears pongo right like this thing mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's pretty well statted really for a, yeah yeah so it's pretty well statted for a two drop i i like this card but it's meta dependent potentially yeah i think it's 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 an okay card that uh if if you need if stuff like pongo tinker but if if uh, evasives with three or less hp become strong then this is one of the better two drops to run into your deck um or on your theory i think maybe I don't think as evasives maybe in their internal testing were necessarily that strong, but maybe they figured uh, the 
gameplay dynamic of not being able to interact with evasives is, is unfun. So they wanted to have more stuff that interacts with evasives without posing as an evasive yeah. like this card. I think it's a it's a good decision. Yep. They print all these things to deal with evasives, but then they don't touch ward. You still have these fucking Cusco's and all this stuff going on. <laughs> No, I, I agree with you. Um, anyway, next one is Sword in the Stone. It's an item. It's in Ruby. It costs one, cannot be inked. And it says tap two ink. So you have to pay two ink and tap this. Chosen character gets plus one attack this turn for each one damage on them. Interesting wording because we just saw mm. in pot, whatever the blue seven drop where it was counting damage counters being taken off as a single action, but now it's referring to damage counters as individuals. Uh, maybe that, that makes sense. Um, I think this card is unplayable, but I'll pass it over. Um, yeah, so now we can, uh, I don't know, buff our character before we destroy it with, what's the bell called? Uh, uh, Dinner bell, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. The yeah. anti-synergy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. So basically, getting attack on stuff is is a very circumstantial buff. So you only need it when you are going to trade something where you also need extra attack. And it and this I don't know. I don't I don't think so basically I think the floor on this is low and the ceiling isn't there. Yeah. If this was inkable yeah. I wouldn't play it. <laughs> if this was inkable sure. I probably wouldn't play it. Alright the next the next card is really cool. Um Enchantress Unexpected Judge. It's a one one in emerald cost two can be inked uh, Dreamboard Sorcerer Quest for Two says True Form. While this is being challenged, chosen or while it's being challenged, this character gets plus two. I believe this is the first time we see this effect where the character itself gets the attack. So I'm not sure how you're this quest for two. So your opponent has to deal with this, which is which is pretty annoying to be honest. So I think there's a lot of scenarios where your opponent trades. Uh, you can manipulate the board state to where your opponent is trading down into it, which is where this card is good. I'm also like Enchantress is an interesting word to use. Obviously, it's the name of the character, but Enchantress in other card games tends to refer to a a singular card that like benefits from being getting like enchantments on it. So like buffs and stuff like that. So you can chant it to give it power and then it gets an additional buff on top of that. So I wonder if they're kind of doing like an ode to Enchantress in uh, in Magic in a sense where it's like, you know, if you if you're able to put a buff on this, it gave you like defense and then, you know, you could kind of stack this thing up. I don't know. But uh yeah, I think it's a it's a cool card. It's a cool tool. I'm I'm not sure if it will go into green decks, but it seems pretty decent to me. I mean two two the quest for two is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it it's well protected. It dies to one drops. So. I will say that. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of two drops can die to one drops. Every two drop that's not a two three can die to one drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think this card's really good. Ah, because also comparing this to set. Okay, we're now in set two, right? Power mm-hmm. level is 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 bound to increase. But comparing mm-hmm. this to set one cards, this uh compares very favorably. I think the two drop, the inkable two drops in set one, that quest for two were like LeFou mm-hmm. in Amber yeah. and Aladdin in in Steel. Mm-hmm. And they were just two ones and one twos. And this is much better than both of that. Because if you're playing in a two drop um, like this, that quest for two, you, you're not playing it to contest board, you're playing it to uh, threaten quest and try to get ahead in the lower ways. And if you're doing that, you don't care about the stats on your turn as much. So this having one HP can be a uh, one HP can be a downside in comparison to LeFou. 
But for example, in comparison to Aladdin, which was played as just a two job that can quest for two, uh, this, com this compares very well because this cannot get value traded by stuff with three HP. I think this card's very strong. I like it. Yeah, it's really helpful when you draw comparisons to the other comparable, the other cards that exist right now, because that really puts it in perspective on how powerful this card yeah, because, is. Because usually you would have to the price you pay for playing a two drop um, that can quest for two is, would usually be oh my opponent can value trade this. This is very hard to value trade, mm -hmm. and still does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think the best two cost inkable uh, that can quest for two now is it's it's played like everywhere. It's just Flynn Rider. Would you say this is better? Sure. Than, I, I guess it's. I guess it's conditional. Obviously, it's conditional, right? But I think it's. It's probably it's 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 as good. I think. I mean, Flynn, Flynn's so good Flynn's because if they so have to good. attack into it, yeah. yeah. Flynn. Every time I've played Flynn Rider against people in locals, I just, they just go. I can see like a sigh. <laughs> if, if you know, if, if they're not, especially if it's a uh, if it's Ruby Amethyst as well, they're like, oh my god. Well, Ruby so, Amethyst so is one of the cards that can kind of deal with it, to be honest, because they can actually discard yeah. and fill their hand back up. But yeah, Flynn Rider is just good. So Flint mm. Flintwright has a very good card. It does get traded down, but at the same time, so by the trade itself, it does trade it down. But then because you lose a card in hand, uh, you lose value to get a little bit back in, on tempo. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very threatening. So yeah, Flintwright is probably even a little bit better than this card. But both of those cards are, I think, very good cards. Yeah. Enchantress and Flintwright. All right. Next up is another vanilla. It's Cobra Bubbles, just a social worker. Um, it is an amber. It's a 5 9. Uh, cost 7, can be inked, storyboard ally, and quests for 2. So it's interesting. It's, it's the same as Triton, right? Triton and Sapphire. Same cost, same stats. Is They've it? already printed this card. It's just an amber, pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nearly positive. Mm. It probably is. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely some cards that I've, that are not constructed that that are elusive to my memory. Um, one thing <laughs> I'll, one thing I'll say for like heuristics uh, is that I I like cards with big butts in Lorcana. I like them way more than cards without big butts uh, because you know you could trade more. It's just like it seems like the more valuable stat than attack uh, often in this game. That being said, there is like this curve. That is like they get exponentially worse as they get bigger because if you have a big butt on something like a Cerberus and your opponent can't trade it via combat and they have to dragon fire it, you trade neutral. But if you're playing a seven drop, they can't be dealt with via combat because it has a big butt, but then your opponent dragon fires it and trades value. So they trade up. Like it just gets worse. So I don't like the vanilla creatures or I don't like I love big butts. Uh, no, yeah, clip that, I guess. Um, but <laughs> I don't like them on the higher cost characters as much because they can just be dealt with by single target removal. And of course, you know, I mean, you're dropping this on turn seven, your opponent's going into their turn seven, maybe as Ruby and is playing um, uh, the board wipe. Uh, God, I would call it Wrath of God, but uh, what is it? How is it? I play, I've resolved this card hundreds of times. How is oh, this? Be prepared. Yes, be prepared. Be prepared. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what? Okay, hear me out. What if I have uh, a million characters on board and then I play zero to hero Cobra Bibbles? <laughs> oh my god. Broken game. Oh my god. Yeah, I think that's that's where this card belongs, is in that deck. The zero to hero deck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's better than Lumia, but it's still terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Has sure. a big butt. On to Mulan. Reflecting is a three three in amber. Cost four. Can be inked. It's a floodborn hero princess. Shift two. So you may pay two to place on top of one of your characters named Mulan. Um, it quests for two, and says. Honor the ancestors. Whenever this character quests, you may reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a song card, you may play it for free. Otherwise, put it on the top of your deck. Um, mm. 
So that's a powerful ability. So how how far below curve are we going for a four cost three three? Uh, decently below the shifting. I don't know why you would shift this car. Uh, maybe shifting it seems like kind of a trap. But yeah, the the, the only possible downside to see is like okay if you're playing a four cost and you to trigger the effect you have to quest you're just triggering it once so it's effectively kind of an enter the battlefield but you get too low off the bat because it will likely be cleared um but yeah i mean cards like this cards where you do something and you play the top card of your deck for free when you have a reasonable threshold uh of these cards your deck to hit it can be really good that being said i don't know if you can have like how, what's the floor of this card? Is the floor of this card absolutely trash, right? Like, cause if we look at like current, current song, uh, Amber decks, it's not crazy likely that you actually hit the song to be no, honest. It's not. I mean, how many, I, I've, I've whiffed so many times oh, yeah. even off of Ariel, like that is, it's, it's wild. So yeah, I think, I think it's very unlikely that this goes off unless you're playing even more songs that you play in the Amber song deck now, which is. Mm. A decent amount of songs. I yeah, guess it's I th- a lot. I think what you want to do with this card, and maybe it doesn't happen in set two, maybe it's like a way down the line thing, is like you want to be able to kind of know the top card of your deck, and then you actually you want to be cheating out like a really expensive song. Like that's where it kind of gets powerful, I think. That's it's that's also where my mind goes. It's like it's this effect sometimes hitting a song, even if you play a lot of songs, doesn't make up for the stat line of this card. Um so and also this effect isn't crazy enough, so I play so I make my I don't make my deck worse to play more songs to increase the likelihood of Mulan hitting. So I also think the only way where this card does become good is if there's um, cards that are already decent. Where let's say you look at like the top two cards, draw one, the other one stays on top or something like that. Where you where you know the top card and then the song doesn't need to be crazy. I think, but if you have a decent amount of these effects where you know the top card is a song and then you do this, I think it it can be potent. Uh, but that's it's the only thing okay so i i've i understand the shift two now because shift two made no sense to me initially so shift two is like it, it just increases the equity at which you can cheat out a song on a turn that it definitely should not be being played so like a five cost or even a greater cost song you're playing it on turn two and in fact i think that you would play this card in the scenario where you can reasonably manipulate the top card of your deck to be able to hit it and you're playing some sort of song that on turn two of kind of like wins the game or gets really close to that do we have enough pieces to make that happen i don't know but this is a this is a pretty interesting like but, combo enabler i think i think it's I'm, a oh, i'm sorry no you're good. also what's our what's our cheap mulan i don't know uh, i'm actually not sure i only know that this, the only mulan that i know so far is it's the five cost in ruby yeah i don't know another one so I, I, I actually haven't seen it i haven't seen it so they, they might not have shown off yet yeah, so do you rush Mulan? But okay, I think so. Basically, because I think the shifting still doesn't matter as much because uh, you need to shift and have already had an effect that filters the the top cards of your deck. So I, I think it's very hard to get this off. Yeah, I, even if you I, had that type of. I think I think it's a bad like, card. I, I do think it's a bad card, or it's just it's not a good card. I don't think it's bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's just not good. I will say that like you know we get another one two sets in the game, and there's like you know there's big tournaments going on like there's mm-hmm. there's usually like a rolodex of cards that i have that i go back and look at and be like okay can i break the game with this card yet and this would be one of yep. those cards like this is a card so this is a card that could break the game yeah mm-hmm. we would need like a one cost one ink one one mulan that can't quest or quests for one or something but that says when you play this look at the top three cards of your deck put them back in any order yeah, and then oh, you, yeah, then that, you shift be insane. And, yeah. and get the song okay, something like that all right, hear me out. We have a one cost Mulan that is, mm-hmm. it's overstatted. So it's a two, two 
or maybe it's not overstated, but it's a two-two. It's a one-cost move, <laughs> okay. one cost for one. It has a downside. The downside is okay. Put a card from your hand on top of your deck. Mm, but then it's you're not, draw, already a, drawing not, that. Oh, but then or you're put, drawing put, it. So you have to put two. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe then. Well, well, put it on those two seconds. Put it on the second. That would be. They, oh they probably won't print that. That'd be super degenerate. If you, like, yeah. Good. If, good thing we're not game designers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next one is, oof, Pinocchio Star oh, Attraction. Pinocchio. This is an amethyst. Yeah. It's a one-one. It costs two. Cannot be Ink Storyborn Hero. It's a vanilla, but a quest for three. Oh fuck! <laughs> spe spe Speci is just like, oh, he's so yeah. happy that this card exists. This is a Speci card I've ever seen one. Yeah, this card's good, I think. It's so fast for three. Yeah, that's mm. a lot. That's that's so yeah. much. That's like uh, that's Cusco. That is that's Ursula. Um, so I have a theory that if Agro decks got five to ten percent more powerful, and the other archetypes didn't rise up with it that this game would be mm -hmm. really bad because <laughs> decks would just go <laughs> they just go 90 degrees against each other and wouldn't think mm -hmm. um this card is really i mean there's there's a really interesting thing going on with rise of the floodborne where they're printing cards like this which are in the current um current iteration of control which is like ruby amethyst is probably the peak control but you can even say some sapphire decks this card destroys them, but this card is not as good against steel. So you're getting more reasons to play steel, I think, as like mm. a control uh, color combination. But then this this set also has resist, which is anti steel, anti damage mm. uh, damage removal. So it's um, yeah, it's a, they've they've done well in designing it. There's some interesting pillars going on for sure. But yeah, this card is powerful. This card is really strong. Yeah. We're gonna see it in um, aggro decks. Yeah. So basically. So these one ones uninkables, they have a lot of cost to them, and they get traded down. But the reason they're still okay is because uh, you can build your deck around them, and you can be fine with getting value traded because at least you got the three quests in already, yeah. and that can mm -hmm. be so strong for your deck. So I think this uh, goes one step further to enabling a deck where you don't need to quest with your characters twice. You just play mm -hmm. bad statted characters, quest with them once, let, let your opponent trade into it, and then you're fine. You're just playing the next Pinocchio or Maleficent or yeah. Lilo. That's what Kuzco already you, does. You, That's what Kuzco already yeah. does, man. It's, so uh, basically you don't... Uh, I, also, it's another step in the direction of being able to build a deck where you are not reliant on having that much ink. You can ink, stop inking at a lesser amount and be fine with it and just keep playing uh stuff that quests for two or three yep it's a good card it's it's a dangerous card but it's a good card mm -hmm. yeah so that play pattern definitely already exists especially in something like uh emerald sapphire where you know against the control matchup they try to get to like 12 15 lore and then it they're not actually competing on board or anything at all. And they're usually hellbunt or then that's a magic term for having no cards in hand. And they're just top decking. They're playing the character and they're saying, do you have Dragonfire, Maleficent, or mm -hmm. be prepared? If you don't, the, whatever the value is on the bottom right of this card, I'm progressing my win condition by that much. And it's a uh, fucking annoying to deal with, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but yeah, Pinocchio, dangerous card, very powerful card. I'm sure we'll see it in aggro decks. Um, it's a good card. All right. Next up, we have Prince Naveen. Uh, this is a steel card. And it's a four three cost three can be inked storyborn prince and quest for one so three cost four three doesn't have rush so not the <laughs> obviously doesn't have rush but this seems uh do, have we seen any three cost four threes I don't think so no I think I think this is the fourth one I think so I could be wrong 
But most of the most of the three drops I've seen have been three fours. Like yeah, but uh, I think three fours the better stat line. So I'm not in love with a four three that doesn't have an upside. Yes, but Kuzco, right? Like the thing is, the reason why four. So there's okay. I agree. I'm a I'm a yeah. Like we talked about, I'm, yeah. I'm a big but, I'm a big butts guy. Mm -hmm. But mm. in Lorcana, there is a very popular card called Kuzco, and you gotta be able to deal with the Kuzco. I'd rather play two and play a Gaston. It's a four two. They can deal with that, and I get more value on my trade. But you know, the, we talk about all these breakpoints, like whether it's six or seven. There is a very prominent breakpoint in Constructed Lorcana, which is if you're playing against Emerald, you need something that attacks for four a lot of the time. But sure. uh, yeah, I mean, this, is, uh, this card is mid, I think. I don't think it's good. <laughs> I think it's just mid. All right, here we go. Uh, Perplexing Signposts. This is a Amethyst card. It's an item. It costs two, cannot be inked. And it says, to Wonderland, banish this item, return chosen character of yours to your hand. Unplayable. Passing yeah, here. I agree. Yeah, yeah. We would need a very strong when you play this character effect to, to enable this. Yes, yes. Yeah. Bad card. <laughs> um, yeah. All next, right. card. next card. Next <laughs> card. Basil, great mouse detective. This is a sapphire card. It's a three four cost six. Can be inked. Floodborne hero detective. Quest for three has shift five. And it says if you shift to play this character, you may draw two cards. When he enters play. Mm, I it's interesting. There so the by the way, so there's other the basils, they're they're being spoiled mm -hmm. next. I'm just gonna read them off now. There are mm -hmm. both mm -hmm. sapphire cards. One is a two cost, there's a two two that quests for one, it has support, and the other is a four cost, the three four that quests for two. And those are the those are the shift targets for this. I like the effect. Yeah, I like the effect. I don't like that I have to shift it though, because I mean, that shifting it changes it to you're kind of drawing less. I mean, you get less value yeah. out of your cards, you know? Yeah. yeah so, sure. so basically, you have, you're using two cards to get one character. So drawing two is a little bit comparable to uh, just drawing one, which is still mm -hmm. all right because there's also anchorable. Um, you have to play the cheaper basics, which aren't terrible cards, but they're also. Not cards I would usually want to put into my deck. Um, so the upside from to this, to me, comes from um, when you shift, you draw two, which isn't that crazy, but also you get to quest for three instead of one, hopefully, because mm. you want to be shifting this onto the small basil. Um, so when the, when when you shift this on small basil, this is actually quite all right, but mm. when you don't. You're pretty sad, and yeah. you have to play small basil. Uh, I think it's bad, so it's, actually. It's, it's, the more I yeah, look it's at it, it's not terrible, but it's it's not it's not something I like. I want to be doing. Let I me think. let me draw some parallels uh, because mm -hmm. this quest for three. So mm -hmm. it, if you shift this onto the small basil, you effectively paid eight for the the entire exchange, right? And then we talked about how the card draw gets diminished because you you're shifting it as well. You but, paid you paid sorry you paid seven right because it's two and five. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But also, this is a shift five. So uh, the thing about Sapphire, which is interesting, they play Mickey Mouse on three. They'll often ramp on three, so they, their turn four is a turn five. Um, there's another five cost character you could play that's a three six that quests for three that I yeah. think is like way more powerful. I don't know. Mm. I just rather be playing Maleficent. Um, really? I think it's more threatening. Like, uh, I, because I think it, now that you mention it, the, so it is seven ink, um, but at the same time the it's not seven. So if if it would cost seven, that that's terrible. But using 
Two Ink on Turn Two, which yeah, we, we talked about yeah, on this sure, podcast, sure. is uh, kind of the least efficient turn to to where you spend all your ink. Um, to just and then only have to spend five more. So if if you actually have the the basil into Mickey Mouse into Shift Basil, that's that's a pretty good curve. So I, I still don't like this card. I'm just saying okay. I don't think it's that bad. No, okay. that's okay. that's like the best. The, that's the best scenario I think. Right yeah, there, and that you scenario do actually is, is yeah. could, could be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is good. But then I, I yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Brandon's point as well. I think I just want a bigger bot that. Like, I mean, if you, if you, <laughs> I don't think it's justified to play this card in your deck because if you just have this as a six cost inkable, I mean, whatever. Yeah, you can turn it to ink. But I never really want to play. I always want to play a Maleficent. Like, if there's no Basil on board, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel feel like I feel good playing yeah. Ace. <laughs> So six cost three four the quest for three but my biggest problem is if you don't shift this so i was like because i mean this yeah, is yeah, this, yeah. this card exactly. this card yeah. of control is actually like not that bad you know where it comes down you draw two cards even if you shifted it um it's not that bad but you would never play a card that literally it's like if you don't shift it it's just a hot pile of garbage like a a six cost three four the quest for three is like Hmm. so bad and then you you need this other card like you absolutely yeah. need to be i don't know i feel like the the floor on this card because of the the sh- like it only being triggered if you shift uh seems like it can be decently low it's still playable it's inkable yeah. um if, if it was draw two cards if it just read draw two oh. cards when it enters play it'd be pretty good it'd be it would, it, yeah a lot better I'd, yeah. I'd be i'd be playing sapphire next set if that's what it said <laughs> that, that that would be like a better surfer stitch even yeah that would yeah, yeah. better surfer stiff better better quest for more ursula well yeah cheaper ursula i guess as well you're drawing more cards as well yeah, yeah, yeah that would good. be very strong so yeah yeah, yeah the, the floor is a little annoying but i think if if you Again, if you if you base on Mickey Mouse Pacer, then you're pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. in every other case, you're a little bit sad. Well, I'll, sure. t- I'll tell you, I hope we get there today. I know we're running a bit long, but I want to make it so mm-hmm. we can do the full set review next week. But um, mm-hmm. but um, there is a we have a we have a sapphire card that's a treat that's coming up in a bit. Anyway, let's mm-hmm. let's try to go quick, to, especially through the vanilla yeah. one. So we got we got Queen cool. of Hearts, Capricious Monarch. This is a five six and steel cost seven, can be inked, storyborn villain, queen quest for one, and says whenever an opposing character is banished, you may ready this character um so ready this character that means you can quest with it doesn't have the condition there it's a five six so it's the same stat line as cerberus which is cost five whenever it's con mm, i think that i would prefer to have cerberus in my deck this card doesn't get me too excited um yeah i, I, I don't like it i, I think it's uh like yeah. it's great it, it is when it's uh when a character is banished so it's not like your one of your characters has to challenge something and then banishing it. So, like, you could use AoE, you could use stuff like that to kind of change this a little bit, but only quest for one, which is kind of bad. Like, not, not having that restriction to say, you may ready this character, but it can't quest, doesn't really matter, in my opinion, if it's only questing for one. But m- maybe, maybe it matters. Mm. Putting one. <laughs> yeah, I, wa- I wanted uh, to visualize how bad mm. I think this card is. <laughs> <laughs> because, so, ba- basically, um, it's really not that impactful to ready up something that only quests for one, as you as you pointed out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the question I am proposing is, how many Eye of the Fates do you need to hit on this card <laughs> so that it's actually a good card? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I still don't think... If you're doing that, it's yeah. It, it's it's way too much work. Yeah. It's so bad. Bad, it's so bad. bad card. All right, we got a vanilla yeah. card. This is Eli LaBeouf. Big Daddy, big they printed daddy. Big Daddy on the card. It was uh, it was Kawa's nickname <laughs> in high school. It's a, two, it's a steel, two five, four cost. That's inkable. That quests 
for two. Um, Mr. Smee will cost one extra and quest for one more, basically. Yeah. Would you rather, uh, like, do you, do you value the one extra lore for the one extra cost here, basically, or are you playing Mr. Smee? I think I'm playing Mr. Smee, but maybe the, yeah. the two is better. I'm playing Mr. Smee because all of the steel decks that I've played are not like beat down aggro decks. So I think that they're different tools. Maybe the Smee is just better because the minus one cost. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's contextual. I just, I don't know. As the, as the power level of the, the game rises as well, like cards like this become more and more unplayable. So. Yeah, for sure. Big, big butt again. So what do you think? Uh, ring the bell. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Win. Uh, sorry, I kind of lost track of. Oh, we're on oh, Big Daddy. <laughs> Eli LaBeouf, the four cost. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're just, oh, we're just talking about a four two five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Cinderella, and that, so it's like we're not power creeping. We're actually going down in power. Yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> All right. Um, next one is Ring the Bell. This is an emerald card. It's an action. Cost three can be inked and says banish chosen damaged character. Uh, so this is an inkable card. It's cost two less than Dragonfire, but it's conditional on something being damaged. I know a lot of people are going to get super excited about this with, uh, with Tinkerbell. I think that this... The problem is if you're behind, like this card is absolutely garbage. Like if you're behind on board, your opponent is controlling board, like this card could actually do nothing. Um... And yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, Moyen, it's a, it's a, it's a three cost execute. Like yeah, just yeah. Like... I, I, was, I was thinking yeah. about ex- <laughs> executes actually, or used to be a decent. It was, it was yeah, but didn't they change? I think they changed it to two, and then they reverted it back to one. I, th- I think execute was a two at one stage. Yeah, it was a two, yeah. and then they made it a one, and it's still not that good. Yeah. So yeah, if this card was cheaper, it would be the better. Thing, but it's still is, like yeah. Yeah. Also, I think be. Like, uh, in this game, it's even worse uh, that it says chosen damage character because it's. I think it's a lot harder to reasonably damage something without it being too inefficient. Mm. So, yeah, because you can't, you can't hit it time, with your hero, right? Like in, in Hearthstone. Yeah, you, you, can, you, can't, you can't just play like Mage. Or, okay, I mean, Execute was Warrior card, but you can't just do your hero power or something or have a, sure, sure, a sure. very, very cheap AoE type effect. Because Tinkerbell exists, but it's expensive. I mean, yeah, the best so, thing you can do is it's ring the bell on towards the four other cannons. And again, that's a two card. Yeah. Thing. So I think so because of those things being bad in this game, I think the best case scenario is actually playing something where my opponent has to trade into it, but they don't want to, but they still have to, like a Flynn Rider or something. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you play a Flynn Rider, that's they have to good. trade that's into good. that, sure. and then you do it. But if that's the best case, then yeah. I'm still not, great. not yeah, too still optimistic not great. about it. Still, you're probably, if they trade your Flynn Rider, more than likely now you're playing this uh, onto like a Rafiki or something. So you're not getting value. I want to point out something. I got, I, ca- I caught you, I caught you red handed, Kawa, by the way. I caught you red handed. We caught you in the act. I just want to, you said, um, if you fire the cannons and then you play something on this, it's going to, that's two for one in yourself. You can't do that. Yeah, that's that's, that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm, that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying it's bad. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is bad. So you can't. Yeah, yeah definitely can't find. Can't. I just uh, my two for one bells went off. Um. Anyway, yeah. Miss Miss Judson Sapphire. You should re- rename that card to two for one bell bells. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen. Right. A, I've never seen a game, uh, a card game before. Where people are more excited to two for one themselves than than Lorcana. It's uh, 
We're, we're working on it. We're working on getting out of that. <laughs> All right. Miss Judson, housekeepers is a sapphire card. One five, four costs, cannot be inked. Storyborn ally. It quests for two and it says tidy up. When you play a floodborn character, you may put the top of your card deck, top card of your deck into your inkwell face down and exerted. Um, that's a repeatable effect. Uh, the analog to this is probably Mickey Mouse, which is the three cost. Uh, quest for one less. It's a one three. Um, it depends on Floodborne. So Floodborne is a really hard, a Floodborne Matters is a hard, uh, is a hard, I don't know what you would call it, uh, dynamic to sort of evaluate in this set without seeing the entire set and seeing how consistently you can play Floodborne. You have to do a lot of math, right? And see, yeah, how many cards, you kind of get down to that that stage. But I think I would probably just play Bell over this card. The, Bell, Bell, you can, the Legendary Bell. The four cost two four that you can basically ink two cards. I guess this is oh this is different though, right? Because it's the top <laughs> yeah. card of your deck. So you're it not doesn't using use the card yeah, sure. from your hand. Sure, so sure, sure. That's does have some offside. What I've read on one of our other podcasts already did is some mentioned Floodborne characters are usually more expensive mm-hmm. characters. Yep, because mm-hmm. they so, they shift in general. They yeah. shift. So you can't really, let's say you're drawing this after turn four. You can't really play this and uh, Floodborne on the same turn. So it's more like, okay, you play, you ink, you play this, and maybe then on turn five, you can already play a Floodborne. Um, thing is, for this, okay, basically for just, if, you, if you're going through the scenarios, when would this card be good? I think you would want to have this on turn four, right? Late, mm-hmm. If you draw this late, it's a body that quests for two, but it's nothing nothing special. You wouldn't want to have this on turn four. You would want a mid-ranged uh, Floodborne that you can follow this up with on maybe turn five or turn six. And also, I think you want a board state where you can quest with this without this easily dying. Um, so if there's too much high uh, high attack characters in the meta where you're afraid of this getting traded down as soon as it quests, that makes this card worse. If it can actually quest and still survive the turn without, or your opponent has to uh, use a lot of resource for that, then I think it can be decent. So I don't think this card's bad. I don't think this card's great. I think it's can be all right. Yeah. I think Fair. I'm gonna err on the side of bad actually. I think I'll go against the grain. I think this card is sure. uh, I think it's pretty bad. Um because uh, like you said, I mean th- this effect this effect later in the game is worse and also mm-hmm. drawing it uh non-curve is worse. And then you're also jumping through hoops where like a Mickey Mouse doesn't do that. Mickey Mouse it just also comes out yeah. a turn earlier mm-hmm. and playing your turn five on turn four is more powerful than um I don't know, yeah. getting it on turn. I think you're right. Also because now now that I think about it, it's kinda like um this card would only be good or th- this card is actually like wor- a lot worse than Mickey Mouse in comparison. Mm-hmm. And the only way, I think the reason why they made it worse is because it's repeatable. But you don't really care about this being repeatable, I think. Yeah. I think because it's it's too rare that this actually does the effect multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, it's not, not, not All right. Next up, we have Bell Bookworm. This is a Emerald 2-4 that costs three, cannot be inked. Storyborn Hero Princess quest for one and says, use your ma- imagination. While an opponent has no cards in hand, this character gets plus two attack. Um, I think that this is a, oh, plus two lore. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. way different. That's way different. Okay. That's way different. Um, huh. I still think this card is not is it? Yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I, still think I mean, it is, it is, it is different, but yeah, I think the card yeah. is still, I think, still the, great, I think but, the card is yeah. bad. Um, unless you're shift, 
but I mean, you won't want to shift onto this. You don't want. You don't and you're shifting you, three, right? Yeah. I think the bell is shift three. So why would you pay? Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. So you can numbers. play this on turn four. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. You don't want to be shifting onto it. Like you don't want to be shifting your uninkable card onto another uninkable card. Like you're just like, oh my god, your deck is like never inking anything. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna go bad for this card. Uh, it'll probably yeah. see play though. I, I I think people will play this card. Yeah, mm -hmm. So Week I one. think. Uh, the, the easiest way to understand why this card is bad is um, that if the condition is met, I think you're doing fine. You're already winning the game. Yep. Yeah. So basically, if, you, if, the, if your opponent has zero cards in hand and you made them discard their entire hand of stuff, do you really care that much about this questing for two? Yeah, it's super greedy, right? For, it's uh, super greedy. I think it's way too greedy. So mm. it's a, yeah, a it's win like, more and card the really, Yeah. Yeah, and the, it doesn't even win more that much. Like... So let's say if, if your pawn has no cards hand, you're usually in a good spot. But no matter in what spot you are, having a bell quest for three doesn't make that spot that much better. Mm -hmm. So I, I think this card will, like most of the time, be very below average. And some of the time, it will be a little bit closer to below average. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Pack Tactics. This is an Pack Tactics. This is an Emerald Action. Cost four can be inked, and says gain one lore for each damage character opponents have in play. So I'll tell you right now, mm -hmm. a lot of people are excited about this card. Yeah, because everyone's mm -hmm. like, "Oh my God, Tinkerbell, grab your sword! <laughs> so much lore!" I'm yeah. like, "Come on!" And they're yeah. also Beast, uh, the Beast. So it's not like magic where these triggers like go on the stack or anything, and you can like quest Beast multiple times while it's resolving. Um, I don't even know you can do that in magic. But yeah, is this card bad? Um Yeah, I mean by itself it's definitely terrible. It's definitely a really bad card. Like you can't play four if it was if it was a card that said four gain one lore, it'd be super unplayable. If it said pay four gain two lore, it's probably still unplayable. Um I think. This is a song no, four, be... four gain two you think would be, would be pretty decent in like an an aggressive deck and then not only do they have uh the yeah, I think of the characters, good. but then they also have that just maybe, from their hand. Yeah, yeah maybe you're right. Good. So I don't know. The I think this card we're this card's gonna see play, and I think that it will decks will utilize it in a way that you know sometimes it's really powerful. But I think the floor on this is like pretty dangerous, especially if you're against control. Like, holy god, because mm -hmm. control is deploying no threats to board anyway. Uh, right? Mm -hmm. They're just and if they if they are deploying threats on the board, you probably have like almost zero cards in hand. Uh, it, it's tough. It's inkable, I think so. I don't. I, I don't love it. I don't love it. But uh, I could see it being played in some sort of uh, comboy deck that is hard for us to immediately think about because it requires a okay. lot of cards. Yeah. So without the context, we think this card's bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So basically, having your opponent's cards be damaged is if you disregard context, inherently a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You don't want your opponent's cards to be damaged. You, if you want to damage them, you want to actually have them dead. So it's 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 a cost already to have them damaged. It's not like this just... It can happen, but it's... Uh, usually you'll have to do stuff that you wouldn't want to be doing to make this card better. And... I don't. Yeah. I don't think you want bet, to be doing that. Yeah. Bet, best case scenario is that you're probably maybe getting like if you do four for three, like most of the game. Again, this could completely change with set two, right? But like most of the games of Lorcana, I would say on average there's. I, I could be completely wrong with this. I'd say like between two and four cards on the board. Maybe maybe more so two and three. I don't know how you guys feel, but like the even the ceiling of this 
doesn't seem like it's it's so conditional for this to be like a giga value mm -hmm. you know it, it could be it could be okay value and it could like help you get there towards the end but i mean max this is getting his three and if, and if it gets three it's like fine i, th I think but yeah yeah I i'm down this is one of those cards where we're gonna say it's bad and people are gonna be like oh what about you know step one through yeah. eight and then this thing happens and it's like uh I'm okay with that potentially happening and like this being a good card in that scenario. I think overall this is not a great card. I know it combos with Beast. I know. I know. I know people are going to be like, <laughs> what about Beast? It's like, I know about Beast. But, um, but it doesn't come with... Is it Beast the one that readies? Yeah, the readies. Ready to damage something? Yeah, but it so has to get damage. Oh, That's another so combo piece more, with yeah. the Beast. So it's a combo piece yes. with, the, with the Beast. So if you have Beast and pack tactics, then you have twice the payoff for actually damage. And if you've got 50 Tinkerbells, yeah, yeah. you're fine then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and then you also want your opponent to have characters on the board, which is okay, also so not guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you want to damage them without killing them, just to gain some lore. And then what do you do with the characters after that? Do you then also do another thing like another grab your sword and then clear it, like you this, damage this, lore yeah. and then kill. This card sits in your hand for the entire game. I guess well, it no, sorry, it sits in your ink. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. <laughs> I'm inking this turn one every game. It's best yeah. ink. Uh, okay. It stays think, out of your deck, actually. Yeah, it, I think it's funny because that this one's definitely getting called out as a hot take from us. But I think it's yeah. like this is like such, it's just such not a hot take. If you like look at the, if you kind of draw conclusions from like how other card games have functioned with cards like this, it's just not great. Um, all right, next one is Gumbo Pot. It's an item. It's in Sapphire. Cost two can be inked. And it says it's the best I've ever tasted. Tap. Remove one damage from each. Uh, Remove one damage each from up to two chosen characters. I was like, I don't know why it's a little tongue twister there. Um, this is this is like a is this kind of like Dinglehopper, but in Sapphire? Dinglehopper is one that just hold, does one, and this is a two that heals one, two things basically. It's it's two Dinglehoppers in one basically. Yeah. So there's a reason yeah. why I don't like Dinglehopper and I don't like cards like this, especially in, in a vacuum well, without context, is because they uh, they rely on. My, sorry, is Moyen looking at what Dinglehopper? <laughs> Dinglehopper. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Moyen did not play Starter Decks. Oh, oh, that card already existed, set one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, there's a reason why I don't like these, and it's not because you know when you actually do this, it's not powerful. It's because you're literally putting an item on board that says if you engage in combat with me that doesn't kill my character you'll be punished and your opponent has full agency to not do that as much as possible um i think mm -hmm. this goes into the item deck the tamatoa deck or whatever it's called uh maybe you know oh, yeah like the, the, yeah. that's it though this card this card by itself sucks i'm sorry and this is another support for our seven cost three six oh, yeah, where we got the... two, two extra lore. yeah that card yep <laughs> I forgot we started off oh, with that. So, oh, the, the Grand Pabby says, whenever you remove one or more damage from one of your characters, gain two lore. So if you remove damage from you two characters, four, does it four lore. Yeah, No, yeah, you get four lore. That's how it works. Oh. Yeah, yeah, then I'm... Maybe. Four? <laughs> yeah, but you're building, a whole you're building a whole deck around putting these cards down when your opponent is just yeah. like... I mean, Pabby comes down on turn seven. You put down your item, huh? you played your Pabby, your opponent goes... All right, sing, be prepared, play another Ursula, draw a card. You're like, uh. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I want to I wanna see, I want to see Brendan come on the, like, you know, in, in the month's time saying like, oh, I got absolutely stomped by Grandpavi. Dude, it, I mean, <laughs> there, there was one point, um, my friend Sasha was like, what is the worst color combination in Lorcana? And I was like, oh, of course mm -hmm. it's Sapphire Emerald. And it turns out Sapphire Emerald is like absolutely like the best color combination against Ruby Amethyst. So um, you can build that deck in a way that it's like, yeah, I got smashed by that deck a few times. It's actually the only deck I lost to at locals ever. 
I never lost to a mm. single other deck. <laughs> I lost to that deck twice, I think. Um, anyway, Grim and Gruesome. This is a Amethyst card. It's an action song. Three costs cannot be inked. Um, and it says, play a character with four, uh, with cost four or less for free. They gain rush. At the end of the turn, banish them. Uh, yeah, that card's bad, right? That card's really bad. Yeah, because it's only rush, right? Uh, you can't instant. If you could instant quest with with it, it'd be better. It also gets it banished. But why, why? Why does the character need to get banished? I don't know. Like you're <laughs> you're, you're already paying an entire card for this. I mean, you get to cheat the resource cost, right? So you're cheating one resource cost. <laughs> cheat one yeah, resource cost. You're punishing this. It dies. <laughs> okay, cheat one resource cost and gain rush. Would be you could compare that to a uh, what's it called? Just in time, where you cheat two, but it doesn't gain rush. Right? And it's, it still wouldn't be and a great and card. It, and it lives. It stays but, alive. Uh, yeah. This just kills it as well. So, I, you know, I think the idea behind this card is, oh, we release two Merlins that say, oh, well, they do something when they enter and then when they leave. So yeah, we get both effects. Yeah, but it. you still want to get to have your cards on the board and then if your opponent wants to remove them, then they do something. But it's not like these, these cards are like uh, they're, they're like death rattle cards in, um, mm -hmm. in Hearthstone, right? You they are always, or they're usually inefficient for your opponent to remove. That that doesn't mean that you want to kill off your own characters just to get a small effect. Yeah. I think the best <sighs> combo you can do with this is, well, not the best, but one that just comes to mind is, is the mm -hmm. Goat Merlin, right? You sing this with the Goat Merlin, you play it, you gain one lore, it dies, you gain another lore. Sure. That's that's something, I guess. Hey, and it's basically... I, I, I'm playing a three-cost on Inkable to do that? Like, <sighs> Well, you could, you, could, you could sing it, like... I know, but this, also, this card is so expensive, right? So the the, sure. the part where it doesn't where it does get banished doesn't matter if you have a trait where it dies off anyways. Um, true, true, but, true, true, but, true. But that's basically where I was starting is that even if this didn't say at the end of the turn banish them, I still would probably hate this card. Yeah, and sure. I I want to say to all of our loving listeners that are like, what about the bounce deck and like all this stuff? It's like, okay, maybe maybe we haven't fully evaluated in that context. I think even that context is not that great. Um, but we got to evaluate these cards one, like kind of individually. And this card, I mean, this card for in terms of rate is just terrible. Um, also, if, if there's a bounce deck, that's good. It still doesn't want to play this. Uh, this I don't think so. Yeah, I know. That's why this, this one is like, this one's an outlier. It's just terrible. All right. Yep. Vanilla creature. Five uh card soldiers, full deck, five five in Ruby, five costs, can be inked, storyborn ally. Cost for two. Unplayable. Yeah. Okay. Because uh I know we would want a better stat line, or if we want something that is annoying because it quests for two, we would want something like a Pongo or something that's cheaper. It doesn't need to be a five five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Next one is Donald Duck, perfect gentleman. It's a two five in Emerald. Cost four can be inked as a Floodborne ally. Um, it quest for two has shift three and says at the start of your turn each player may draw a card. So this is uh, well, no, because that's a discard combo. This card, this is really interesting that they printed this card. This is kind of like Howling Mine um, from Magic: The Gathering, right? Different because it's an artifact. Um, yeah, so you, you you obviously want to play this in the context of where your opponent is not getting a symmetrical effect, where you're getting something like you're drawing the card and they're not, or they're getting punished for drawing the card or something like that. Do we have anything that does that in this game right now to make this card um, asymmetric? Because as oh, this card is asymmetric. Asymmetric if um, and this card's asymmetric without any context because uh, you are drawing the card at the start of your turn, not at the start of your opponent's turn. So you have 
your your card gets to impact mm. play before your opponent's card gets to impact play. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's already um better than a two five vanilla that cursed for two, but the vanilla two five is pretty bad. Uh, so you would need something. So this is just like oh your opponent has more cards so that I can make them discard those cards and I don't actually have to discard my cards. So maybe this is all right with the five cost that says uh, your opponent has to sometimes discard two. Can be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So this is like this is a bad. Yeah. This is I think it's a bad card, but um, this is a good card for combo, and I think that this could slot into the already like the emerald uh, steel mill deck, which definitely was very inconsistent before. Because not even engine yeah. is drawing you more cards, giving you more opportunity to see your combo card. You're also milling your, even if it's not mill, right? Even if it's just mm-hmm. a combo deck that's like, you know, assemble these two cards somehow, win the game. Like combo decks play cards like this. They don't, they care less about the symmetry because they're playing a mm-hmm. non-interactive deck. So cool card by itself. I think it's bad, but uh, really, really cool. interesting. But it, th- this is not like, we called a lot of cards bad today. This is one of the best bad cards. Yes. Yes, I agree. Not unplayable. <laughs> All right. Yep. Next up, we got Dragon Gem. This is a amber item. Cost three, cannot be inked. It says, bring back to life. Tap and pay three. Return a character with card with support from your discard to your hand. Why would you not ever play part of your world over this? Part of I, what? Uh, part of your world. You know, the thing that you can sing, you can choose any character. So, support um, cards would have to be really good. And yes, you could use this multiple times, but you've to, you're paying three for the item. You have to top three each time to, to do it. And it's only support cards. I think if this was return a, this is return a character from your discard to your hand. Oh, it would be this, very. It's it's like Hades's effect, right? But this is item. this is an item. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, part of your world you can do once. The the upside of this is this is an item that can make you not run out of stuff to do. This like a. Mm. This is so like the, it's like the Hades loop. Magic yeah, it's, Hades loop. It's yeah. like a, it's like a Hades loop, right? If you have a support card. No, yeah, sure, sure. But I would compare this to like um, the Beast Mirror and the Magic Mirror type mm. cards. It's a, it's an item that you put down and then. It is expensive, but it helps you not run out of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. It's actually um, really but good the card problem is, Charles as well. Sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, so I think this card's already not terrible because it can help you not run out of stuff. And that's something very important in this, in this game. But the problem is, I think so far, cards with support were usually one of the worst cards. Not because the support keyword is bad, it's just that... Um, if a card has support, that's so usually often a, a supposedly their big upside or their upside, and then in return uh, the card is a little bit understated or doesn't have another special thing about it. So I think in general I, I haven't seen a lot of good cards that say support. I think I think the only one I can think of is doesn't that bodyguard Maximus, Maximus support? support? I think yes. yes, five cost. That is a decent one, I think. Sure, that 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 mm. runs alright. So, so, the, but, one, so right? the problem with this is. Uh, this card would be good if you can have a decent card quality of support cards that you want to play in your deck, and then recycling those is actually pretty decent. But if, if let's say, you have to play worse cards in your deck just to make this item better, you don't really want to be doing that. And then if it's just just a Maximus or something, then it's also not a good. So, okay, if there's a lot of good support cards, this, this card's all right. Yeah. And it, it's uh, it's it's really it's decent against control as well because like the Hades loop is already like you have to keep one in hand. It costs four. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah so it, it's fine i don't know if you can like i think it's like a medical kind of card it's weird um or like you said there is a critical uh ma- like minimum of support cards to make this playable mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting card oh, ne- okay next one mini mouse stylish surfer oof, 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 this is my card right here uh mini mouse stylish surfer, surfer it is a ruby one three it costs three. <laughs> yeah he's already doing the thing <laughs> it costs three it can be inked it costs for two and it has evasive um yeah so moin and i are big fans of evasives and we are mm. we are big haters of Mickey Mouse Brave Little Taylor and these like expensive ones. And like is the cheaper you make an evasive cost character, the quest for two, the better it is. So this is just like better Pongo. This card owns. Yeah. But there's a lot it, of evasive it, in this set. Yeah, that's and you said there's some like evasive hate, like the V2 that's evasive on your turn, that would be perfect uh, for fighting this Mini Mouse. Oh yeah, there's 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 other stuff more. There's a lot other stuff. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. But so in, in set one when we were building the deck, we were like Oh, Mickey Mouse is terrible because you, you can, when this gets removed by something like Dragonfire, you always, they gain tempo. It's still one mm-hmm. card for one card, but they gain tempo. And then Tigger is the same thing. It's it's cost six, but still pretty bad. And then basically we revived that we want to be playing an evasive threat that uh, is very hard to remove and can threaten a lot of lore. So like at least two, basically, you want on, on the, that evasive threat for it to really be uh, threatening. Mm-hmm. And the cheapest one uh, was uh, Pongo. Was Pongo? So and now it's we, a mini. We, yeah. yeah, we liked this card so much that we started playing Pongos and Goofies. We didn't. Uh, we liked uh, Pongo much more than Goofy, but we liked Pongo so much that we were playing Goofies. And this is just one one step further, one one step cheaper. And I I, lo- I love this card. <laughs> really good i love <laughs> it when my opponents can't interact with my characters and i just no i mean maybe okay i'm um, let's say game game design wise i maybe there's problems with this but but they're already being handled with the old evasive counterplay yeah. that you're talking about but this card is really strong yeah very very good there's also an invasive character which we covered like weeks ago we'll do it in the full set review where you can shift onto this and i think it's like pretty powerful as yeah. well it's, it's, a, like, it's same, same, same stats as pongo but you can shift onto it it's and actually you get, not you get lore every uh, every time you play an action right you get like plus two lore. no after after every second action oh, okay okay yeah. that's, that's good yeah but still um yeah <laughs> this is better than pongo and we're big pongo lovers over here all right next one is christopher robin adventurer two six in amber cost six can be inked dreamborn hero quest for two and says whenever you ready this character if you have two or more other characters in play gain two lore Oh, that that's interesting. It's, and it's 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 whenever you ready. It's not even on play because we know that it's the the surfer stitch yeah. sees a lot of play in the amber decks, right? Because it mm-hmm. oftentimes you can have two. I think if this was on play, this would be really good. The re- I'm not a fan of whenever you ready this character. I think that because uh, because if you're well, like if yeah, if you're playing against, let's say, say you quest one or two of your guys, they can remove it. They might just have removal anyways. It, it's a lot. It's a lot harder to meet with that uh, condition. So there's a push and pull going on here. Um, on play would gain the lore, but because it's on ready, it's a repeatable effect. Um, mm-hmm. True, true, true. That's the idea. That being said, like I, I, I know that there's other decks in the format that are not Ruby Amethyst, but you're playing this on turn six and you're saying, Jesus Christ, please be prepared for me because I'm about to win the game. Um, it's, I think it's, it's, it's this card is t- is six cost two six the quest for two if you don't get the effect and you're also threatening like everything I put on board is gonna future threat this I think this card is actually pretty decent in like uh, aggro decks I, I I do I think it's I think it's a good card mm. so this is 
very cheap character, character that kind of says, okay, in a, in a worse way says. Oh, it actually, quest it might say quest for four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of reading it like that too. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of kind of quest for four, but you just quest for two. If your pawn removes it, then it doesn't gain the extra two. Um, but four, four is a lot. But I, I think this card's not great. I was excited about it at first, to be mm -hmm. honest. But uh, I think it's a little expensive to just quest for two and then sometimes quest for an extra two because you play this and then it has to stay on the board for one turn and then it quests for two and then it has to stay on the board to gain the extra two so wouldn't i rather want to play something cheaper that quests for two or something of this cost that draws cards or quests for three already yeah i think so basically for this card to, to be good you would need to um play other stuff that readies the warbin so yeah. that you don't just ready it when it automatically readies. Maybe I think I think you're ultimately right here, and like the fundamental of it is that you're like jumping through all these hoops for this card to be mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. on or even above rate. That's the thing is like I feel like I come on here and I preach all about like the floor and mm -hmm. being on rate and being consistent, and then like sometimes I just get I just you know sniff a little bit to get a little too high on my own supply, and then I call Christopher Robin a good card. But yeah, it's probably not to be honest. There's just too much you need to be going in your favor, yep. or this card is really bad. Or it's just pretty bad. Like, you would infinitely rather play uh, Stitch Rockstar as a solo okay, card but, than this card, I think. Okay, but like, okay, the Stitches, they are unfair comparisons because they're, they're card draw. They have nothing to do with this card. But mm. let's say um, just a Moana without the effect, or 1-6 that quests for 3, isn't that better than a 6-2-6 six, six that quests for 2 and then sometimes gets an extra 2? Yes, I think so. Yes, it is. So, yeah, if, and Moana, without its effect, is not a good card. So this yeah. card is worse than that. It might be in set two with all these princesses. But yeah, bring us back to reality. I think I think you're right on Christopher Robin. All right, next one is World's Greatest Criminal Mind. Action song, three cost in amber, can be inked. And it says, banish chosen character with five attack or more. Um, You guys are going to take Interesting. this one first. Interesting. I um. You want to go for it? No, no, Kawa, you take it. <laughs> I hate you, Brendan. Uh, okay. I think overall it's not great. I mean, if you just think about aggro decks, how many aggro like, decks are out? Like, like what's... the the Okay, the average card is if I have attack. No. Like, the only kind of cards I'm thinking of is you've got like Maui, you've got other things. Yes, it's really good if you can get rid of a card for that cost. But, I mean, we've been talking about it all podcast. What is the most important stat in Lorcana? In in our opinion, at least in Brendan's opinion, he's screaming at the, 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 the past wall here, is big butts, right? So most cards are probably, they have more health than attack. So for that reason, I don't think it's great. But yeah, it could be okay. I think it's a good analysis, because even if you think about five cost upwards cards, Mm. Often they're three six or yeah yeah exactly that's what I'm yeah. thinking yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and even the the cards that are five plus attack like a maleficent yeah they're not like it's the already, like, already did already did, did its, its job thing. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah Maui so, so. already did its job like all these cards that when the attack comes out they mm. <laughs> the attack value doesn't really matter because it it matters when the card is played not when it remains on board if that makes sense so so basically what I what I would say is in a vacuum this card's very bad. But this card's actually all right because uh, I remember in because I've played a lot of iterations of um, Ember Steel. There was iterations mm -hmm. where I played Hakuna Matata, mm -hmm. 
just to have an inkable song to increase uh, because it's fine oh, um, yeah, as, if i just use it for ink is a song. and then it increases uh aerial consistency you're so right and i think this is bad this is this is a pretty bad card but some of the time it will be okay and that some of the time i think is more likely than the one of Hakuna metata so if i want to increase my inkable song ratio this is can sometimes be included in my deck. But like in a vacuum, this is bad. But for that context... Brent, Brendan, so. are you hopping on the train? Yeah, he's so of, right. uh, No, I was, I was going to say, so what some people will probably point out in the comments down below for this card is you can play support cards with this and make your opponent's cards get more attack and then use... <laughs> And then use this to remove it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, how do you feel? That, how do you feel about that? That's, I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. That, I mean, that's, uh, pe that's, people are gonna, pe people are gonna say it. So that's, that's not why that's not good. It. But yeah. Moyen is so right. This card is so much. This card is way better than Hakuna Matata, and that deck prop might even want to play more songs than just Hakuna Matata. I mean, this is inkable. If this was uninkable, it'd be unplayable. But the th the fact that it's a song that you can grab and it has a conditional removal that will often trade up, and it's ah, and it and it's yeah it's a, it's a song for that deck i kind of lost where i was going i mean th th this is for the for the current for iteration deck, for that yes, deck for, for that deck yes yeah, every other deck but this it, is it, bad. Yeah, that's that's why i'm i'm trying to look at like my analysis is kind of just it's, looking it's at solid, the card yeah. itself yeah. yeah right yeah but yeah the card itself's bad but it's a yeah, link of a exactly. song so it's good for yeah. it um exactly we break and i think the su the support thing uh i don't think it's that far fetched i think it okay. i hadn't thought about it before and i think while it doesn't suddenly make this card from bad to good, I think it makes it a little bit better than I first thought because a lot of important threats that you would want to be clearing with this are a little bit below five attack if your deck plays some support character anyways. Of course, that makes the card a bit better. I think, mm -hmm. I think it's sure. a good point. Yep. And yeah, I have to apologize, Kyle, because we do break our own rules all the time. We're like, oh yeah, we're validating cards outside of context. So you immediately go like, oh, but <laughs> in this specific deck. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about this. In this specific deck. All right. All right. This next card is terrible, unfortunately. So this is a Sisu to Divine Water Dragon 2-4 in Sapphire. Cost 4, uninkable. Storyborn hero, deity, dragon. Uh, quest for 2, and it says, I trust you. Whenever this character quests, look at the top two cards of your deck. You may put one in your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your deck. In any order. Why would you want to do that? I was so looking forward to it saying, put the other one on top, and then yeah, I so you can, can the sing the top song. But <laughs> no, to the bottom again. Uh, by uh, the way, I'm joking. This card is really, really good, I think. I mean, this is... When this character quests, you're drawing a card off of it. Is it good enough for four costs? But if you can make this a repeatable effect on this body, and it's also questing for two, which is a very non-zero amount that's a good amount to quest for. Like, I think in Sapphire decks... Like Sapphire getting card advantage out of outside of like very predictable cards like Rapunzel, which your opponent can play around, and cards like Stitch Carefree Surfer, which is really the only way they get card advantage. Like Sisu can be pretty powerful, especially if they're ramping into um, you know, like the the Hades and stuff to kind of help protect it, or they have any sort of semblance of being ahead on board. Like I think the Sisu is a is a good card to be added into your Sapphire control decks. Like I, I like this card. Wasn't there also like a mid-range threat just that just says draw a card? Yeah, there was something. A six cost. Robin Hood? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Ro conditional. It's conditional. You have to have uh, less opponents in your, your opponent. Sure, but it's, it's, a, it's an easy condition to meet, uh, to meet in a lot of Sapphire decks. And, then, and there was a new one added that also says draw a card. But okay. That's other cards. I think this card's all right. Um... I think this card's pretty good. It doesn't need. It doesn't need to be. I don't think it will be repeatable that often because it's a priority uh, 
heal for your opponent, which is also, also already a good thing. But I think even if you just play this, it quests once, you get the two door, it replaced itself, you got two cards to see instead of just one. I think mm-hmm. this I think this card's very good. So this I think uh, this allows you to pair pair so the reason why the control version of uh, Sapphire decks is often paired with Amber is because Amber has access to the card draw, right? They have access to the Rapunzel, Rapunzel mm-hmm. the Stitch, the Stitch mm-hmm. Carefree Surfer. Um, if you have things like Sisu in your deck, you have more agency to add a different color as your your other support color. So maybe something like a Ruby, because if you currently pair with Ruby, it's just not great because you can't keep up with card draw of other control decks. You can't keep up with items like uh, like from Amethyst, etc. But you still have access to like the best removal, some of the best removal in the game in the form of like Hades, Let It Go, Be Prepared, um, etc. So. What Sisu does is it just gives you more of an engine in a control deck. This is, I think, in a control deck to now be able to play Sapphire with a uh, a combination of other colors that don't have card draw. So that's why I like it. I think that's a very good point. Yeah, I like it. it's a context it's a context based analysis on these non context cards we're looking at. But that that is why <laughs> I like uh, I like Sisu because. Um, you know, in the early days of Lorcanon, I mean the ultra early days, back when we were playing with spoiled cards rather than uh, cards from starter decks or anything, like we had a very limited meta. And one of the best decks was Ruby, um, was Ruby Sapphire Ramp because I mean, ramping out big threats in in Ruby is freaking broken. <laughs> it, like it, it's crazy. But in the context of current Lorcanon, where like these items exist and you know Amethyst is drawing so many cards and um, you know there are so many threats that can be deployed and those games can go super long, that ramp strategy is no longer as good. And I think it's because Sapphire gets constricted on card draw and they pair with a suboptimal color in the form of Amber in order to try to supplement that. And the Amber card draw itself is pretty mid, to be honest, because like. Stitch- um- Go ahead. Um, yeah, okay. I think the Amber card was good. But yeah, so basically Blue um, gets ahead in resources, in uh, ink resource, but at the cost of getting behind in card mm. resources. So mm-hmm. it needs to make up for that. Not, uh, first of all, to uh, uh, combat yourself just using more cards because you ink some of them uh, extra, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit faster. But at the same time, you also... It benefit even more of card draw because you also have more resources mm-hmm. to spend these cards. So it really, really, really wants card draw. So no matter what you pair uh, Sapphire with, I think Sisu will be a good card. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye. All right. So Rapunzel, gifted artist, zero six in amber, five cost, can be inked. Floodborne, hero, princess, quest for two, has shift three and says, whenever you remove one or more damage counters from one of your characters, you may draw a card. Um, I can't remember how I rated this, but I think you it, said it's bad. Yeah, I don't think it it's good. Bad. It feels win. Yeah. Felt win more to me. I mean, the Dinglehopper believers are probably going to be like, oh, "This is nuts with Dinglehopper," but I don't know. I'd rather be playing Stitch Surfer. <laughs> Not too long after this. What are your thoughts, Big hmm. Boy? Um, at first, of course, I thought it was bad, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, he's Dinglehopper. <laughs> no, he's no, okay. A- He's okay, a but upper believer, yeah. Let's say you play Max Amount of Rapunzel, and then you have maybe Dinglehopper, and then what's the other card? Uh, the, the blue one, or...? Yeah. Yeah, the Gumbo Pot. Yeah, Gumbo Pot. Yeah. Yeah. If you have the Gumbo Pot... So basically, Gumbo Pot and Dinglehopper are still bad cards on their own, but if you can make it work that... Uh, this Every is heal like you draw a card. Draw constant, con- uh, yeah, like this sure. comes down mid-game, and you consistently will have an item to, to heal something. And then you have that going because so basically, uh, 
this thing that we're talking about, the items plus playing this and then uh, drawing, is bad at the start. But then as soon as you get it off a little bit, then you can catch up to how bad it was at the start. And then, then you already have the items in play and you get more ink, more ink, and then it can actually become kind of good. I mean, if if you get it off and then you can actually play more characters to kind of take more damage. Like, the, the, the thing with healing the damage is mm. there's a whole other thing of, like, you have to have other characters mm-hmm. that can either swing into things or that maybe for some reason you want to self-damage. I think there might be one of those cards coming up soon, but... Like, uh, yeah, it's again, it, it seems like I, I do agree that if you can get to the stage where, mm-hmm. you know, healing for one is essentially just going to draw you a card. But then I, I, I find it hard to believe like that you're going to have characters that are always going to be damaged that you can always keep healing. But yeah. Yeah. So what, what I like about it is that it's also, if you're playing it with gumbo pot, you're also in the Jasmine color. Okay. Um, <laughs> And it's a princess. Yeah, so this is this, Jasmine is a princess this, as well. Yeah, it is a princess. Yeah. Moana so deck incoming, is it? <laughs> yeah. This, this is not synergy with the with the broken Rapunzel that can draw up to three. This mm-hmm. is more like, okay, uh, this could be good with the items. Yeah. But sure, sure. I'll, I'll say that... I, I want it to be good. Yeah, but I, I think the deck you're describing is playable. I just don't think it mm-hmm. will be competitive. <laughs> I think it will sure. It will do the thing. All right, and with that, I think we're going to pause it for this week and leave, not for this week, we're actually going to release part two um, in about two to three days so you guys can digest all of those spoilers and we get the rest of them. Tons of spoilers will go over this week. That's just sort of how spoiler season goes. Um, like I said, um, we're going to be doing next week on the normal pod drop, we're going to be doing an entire constructed overview. That includes grades so a b c or d um and we'll be evaluating the cards in context right so there's a lot of cards throughout the spoiler season that we may have called bad or we are unimpressed by but we'll be reevaluating those cards in the context of what kind of decks they could fit into what kind of archetypes they could fit into and other combinations of cards they could be included with to actually become powerful so keep an eye out for that um, we'll be reviewing every single card in the set most likely if they're all revealed um but yeah I think we should, guys, I think we should close it out here. It's, it's, I know it's been a long one. So I want to thank you, Moyen, for joining us on your first episode as an official host on Podcana. Like I said, it's just a, it's a joy to be able to talk to you and to hear your opinions. And like, uh, like I said, Kyle, I appreciate, appreciate you sticking in here with me for this marathon of an episode that was all these spoilers. But seeing new cards is, is so, so, so fun. I love it. Um, yeah guys um anyway close it out yeah youtube youtube.com slash podcana uh review us on pod platforms if you enjoy the episode it helps us more than anything else it's super important for our growth um so we appreciate that and we're all on twitter i'm at brendan apg at moyen underscore hs and not kawatech underscore cg keep a lookout for that video coming in two to three days which is part two to these these spoilers so yeah thank you all so much for listening we'll see you soon